This is Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me this week are Jim Spence and Sean Hamilton. Sean Hamilton, with uh, with apologies for the quality of his uh, of his microphone, I gather, not working a bit a bit like uh, a bit like Saints midfield at the minute. It's uh, it's creaking and showing si- showing signs of uh, wear and tear. But anyway, you're uh, you'll do your best, Sean, won't you? You're true professional. You'll bash on. That's me, mate. Absolutely. Plenty to plenty to say, but listen, well, we're obviously going to start with. Uh, Start with the the Dundee Saints game, and I think it's only fair that we start with the the winners on this this occasion, Jim, because they were they were very very impressive, and you you saw them you saw them against Motherwell as well. That's the first I've seen Dundee in the flesh since St Johnson rolled over the top of them two months ago. It feels a long time ago now, but you know that was you know that was one of those. Moments where everybody's, you know, we've had a few of them. We're thinking, oh, where, where's this Dundee team going? Blah blah blah. But that was a seriously good performance from Dundee, and like I say, we'll go into the compare and contrast with, with Saints later on. But the the intensity, the tempo, you know, Luke McCown, I really like the look of him. He's got a nice, you know, the all the plenty of teams looked at him, you know, when he was when he was available. Um, Dundee took him in. Danny Mullen. The, the main man up front, you know, just in general, they're, they look a proper team just now, don't they, Jim? Oh, uh, absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, it's funny when you're when you're a local kind of journalist, you know, you're kicking about the stands and you meet guys that you're at school with and all the rest of it. And, you know, you know the scene, you know your own scene. And I was tuned a fact last night where a, a, a famous Dundee named Brian Gallagher, who would have been kind of, you know, uh, cousin of, of Kevin Brown, was at school with me, he was at Law Side with me, you know, and... and Father Tommy, the great grandfather uh, Patsy Gallagher, things like that, you know, and, and he can be a kind of, you know, he's watched, he, he's watched some dire performances over the, over the piece, but it, it brought, it was bringing a kind of smile to, to Brian's face along with, you know, his compatriots. I mean, I just, I think they've given two utterly terrific performances. I mean, against Motherwell, um, I was actually astonished at the energy, the tempo, the pace that they not only played with, took the game, they put the boot on Motherwell's neck right from the start, but they maintained it for 90 minutes. Now, it's a hard thing to do, Eric, to maintain you know that kind of brutal pace for 90 minutes in a game. And they did it again last night. Uh, and I think, you know, you, you mentioned there, I mean, actually, you know, I mean, I, you were there at the wee press conference afterwards. I'd say to James Peake, if you tweak something, because the last two games have been quite dramatic in terms of energy. And he said, no, no, really, you just, you know, you, you have got got belief and you've got to stick by your belief in the players and all the rest of it. But he paid particular attention. Hard to pick anybody, but he paid particular praise to the two wide men, McMullen and McGowan. And I thought the two of them were just simply fantastic on the night. I mean, you know, I mean... I'd have given McGowan, he would have been my man of the match. Like, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, it was just, I, mean, uh, I know the, spo- you know the sponsors, like the sponsors gave their man of the match too. I think it was Marshall, didn't they? Um, yeah, There wasn't a failure on that Dundee side last night. Um, but it probably would have gone to somebody else for me. But, um, you know, sponsors, sponsors are like, no one's ever a few beers in them. You know, it's kind of, st- it's stab a, stab a name on the team sheet. Um, but no, it was just a fantastic performance. Every single Dundee player won um, their own personal battle. I don't think a Saints player won the battle. Um, you can exempt the goalies, obviously, in this, but, you know, Dundee dominated and won the midfield battle. I thought their, their passing was crisp. 
it was quick. Um, it was non-stop. I mean, you know, in terms of stats, Saints had more of the ball. They, they made more passes. They made the, the greater accuracy of passes and all the rest of it. Um, but they just, you know, they, they just didn't trouble the legs at, at, at all. And, and you know, the, the goal, I'm sure you'll have plenty to say about the goal, Eric. Great goal from Dundee's point of view. Disaster from St. Johnson's point of view. But for a Dundee performance overall, I thought it was just a, a, a terrific, performance. I mean, energy, tempo, aggression, controlled aggression. Um, j- just a team that really looks as though it's starting to really, really believe in itself. Yeah, and Sean, I think that this was even more so than the than the Motherwell performance. This was the this was the acid test one, wasn't it? Because, you know, Dundee, even even when Dundee are poor, they've always been able to throw in, you know, a, a spectacular result every now and again, which that Motherwell result was. I mean, look at look how Motherwell played against Dundee United. You know, Motherwell played United off the park, you know, and, and they've played other teams off the park. They're a good team. So what Dundee did to them was was phenomenal. But to back it up, because that this was the one that every was like, okay, and against the team that's 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 owned them for uh, recent years, um, they they have backed it up, and you know Jim would maybe be able to say if it was a, it probably a not not quite as good a performance as as Motherwell, but still a very very good performance, and the the circumstances of it make it, it's potentially a game change, a potentially a season change. I think we, we might now start to look in Dundee in a different light now, might we, Sean? Yeah, I don't see why not, because, I mean, particularly the second half performance from Dundee was excellent, I thought. And uh, the first half being a wee bit more even, uh, but quite end-to-end, quite enjoyable, actually. But Dundee take the lead, obviously, just before half-time. And if you if you are a team that's got any sort of uncertainty about your ability to close games out and win points, then you might see a side go in on themselves after that and, and just try and defend what they've got and keep it tight and what have you. But they didn't do that in the second half. They actually turned a screw and, and went on to pretty much dominate the second half, to be honest with you. There were, St. Johnson had, gosh, maybe maybe one moment where they tested uh, Adam Legsens through a, a Vertinen header, but that, that's about the size of it, really. Dundee were, were very well in control and could have added... Um, to their tally, if anything. So it, it was a really impressive performance across the 90 minutes, but particularly in the second half, I think. And that's it's the sort of thing... Actually, I mean, they looked they look like a hungry team. Jim's right. Yeah, they, they, all won the, they all won their individual battles, but there was just a, there was a sharpness about them, there was a pace about them, and there was an intent to what they were doing. Um, and, and they looked like a side that was... That was gaining in confidence I mean I say gaining in confidence they actually looked thoroughly confident in the second half there was there was just a, a, an absolute sort of dynamism about the way they played the game and, and I was really really impressed with them I think Jim I think the authority this now gives I mean James McPake's already he's taken Dundee up which was his, which was the the biggest job and you know he, they, they got a couple of good results in the in the first chunk of the season Couple of shockers as well, but you know there was a there was plenty of good performances in there where they weren't getting results. But the authority he now has on the back of winning these two games with uh, Lee Griffiths and Jason Cummings as substitutes, I, I don't think you can underestimate that, can you? Now he is. I mean, he's always in charge of that dressing room, but that that empowers a manager, particularly a youngish manager, which James McPick still is. It empowers him, doesn't it? To, to I mean, he's you know. 
you you I don't know if you asked him the question after after the Motherwell game about you know about Griffiths and the and and the rest of it, but he has got such authority in that dressing room now, doesn't he, Jim? Well, I mean, I had a blender with him uh, away from the press corps. I had a good blender with him on on Saturday after the game. I was tuned to fight with him and um, Charlie Adam. Charlie was quite keen to find out about my motorbike, you know. So. <laughs> Quite fancies one himself, but I was chewing the fat with, with, with James. And I mean, you know, I, I was saying to him then, you know, what you put in their tea. Asked them again last night because it was a dramatic performance. But I mean, I, I think, you know, players, certain players, not certain players, but the entire team, I think, oh, James McPeak, um, a debt. I mean, you know, the, the one thing you want in life, whether you're a journalist, a, a joiner, you know, a, a, a Plumber or a, or a football man, you 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 a football player. You want a good gaffer. You want a gaffer that's loyal to you. It shows you respect. It you know works you hard, but it's fair with you and all the rest of it. And I think he's been all of these things, and and you know, and he's been due. Um, he's been due. I think a performance and. Um, I think he's he's kind of sent a message to people like Griffiths and Cummings, who are big name players. That you know you're not too big to sit on the bench, you know. Um, and, and they have something. I have to say, I, I thought um, when Griffiths came on last night for for a short appearance, I thought he actually looked quite sharp. Um, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, I thought he kind of you know there was a couple of things he did right away. I thought, hmm, there's definitely shades of old Lee Griffiths in there. So maybe that's working because you know it's not enough to give guys a game because of their names. They've got they've got to do they've got to do what's asked them and, and first and foremost, irrespective of all the modern advances we've made in football, I get fair up saying this, you know, but I'm a big believer in analytics and sports science and sports psychology and all the rest of it. But first and foremost, you've got to win your personal battles. You've got to show application, dedication, courage, and all the rest of it. I think that was what, and, and to be honest with you, that last word I think was one of the things that really struck me in both the games. I mean. Last night, the players prepared to put their bodies where they knew it would hurt. Um, the, the, there was, uh, a t- I mean, he, he, James actually said to me after the game, sorry, Cammy Kerr given a terrific performance. Now, I'm slightly biased with Cammy, I have to say, mate. You know, all his boys at school with him, but I like him. I li- he, he, wears, he wears that dark blue kind of shirt with absolute pride as a local boy. And I'm trying to remember what Motherwell player it was on Saturday. They were going for a 50-50 ball. He was flying up the wing. Cammy was coming across the cut and they were chasing for the same ball. And he had him like an express train, absolutely cleanly, no question of, you know, a foul or the rest of it, but he flew in, Tom, uh, 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 you know, potential for hurting yourself was really, really serious there. I, he won the ball, he won the tackle fairly, and I thought it exemplified everything about the spirit of the Dundee side on Saturday, and I wondered about last night, because you're right, Saints have had the better of it for a, a good while, um, but Dundee, I thought last night, in particular in the second half of Chauncey's, were absolutely dominant, and I thought it was a really, really powerful, strong, courageous performance, but it was a performance full of self-belief, uh, and, and you know, there's a couple of older guys in that team, um, Charlie being one of them, Charlie Adam, but he's got such, I mean, you know, people will say kind of Charlie's no quick. He doesn't have to be quick. He was never quick. He's got a tremendous football brain. Charlie can do in a half yard what it takes other players five yards to do. You know, you can see that the way he plays. I mean, he played a couple of passes last night, and I was thinking, is that a miss hit? And it wasn't. He's hitting balls with outside of his boot, 40, 50 yards with, you know, pinpoint accuracy, straight into the path of a man so that a man isn't having to check his stride that he's moving on to the ball sweetly, and that saves a fraction of a second. It was just, I mean, I cannot, you know, I honestly cannot speak highly enough 
of both performances against Motherwell. I mean, I, I was talking to Alan Burrows after the Motherwell game on Saturday. I've, I've known Alan. But you're doing a lot of talking single. after the game, Tim. No, well, you know, that's, you that's get that's home. The, that's you need to get home. You've got to cheer the fuck. <laughs> and he was saying, he said, look, Dundee did to us what we did to Motherwell. Uh, uh, sorry, what we did to Hearts, you know. And, and they did. They kind of, they, they came up with an aggressive kind of, um, you know, high-tempo game, high-energy game. And they fought for everything. And, and you know, and, and they did that last night against St. Johnson as well. And, and it's, uh, here's a thing that Dundee, I'm going to hog this conversation because I usually do. I kind of shut up. But um, I thought last night the noise levels at Dense Park were phenomenal. And that happened on Saturday as well. Now, the Dundee crowd can be a hard crowd to play to. I think sometimes they just go over the top. It's no much different from United, but they sometimes go over the top in their frustration. But last night, I thought they gave the team phenomenal encouragement yeah, from, from the Derry, from the, the main stand, from the Bobby Cox. It, it was terrific. And I thought, the, 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 you know, it, was, it became a circuitous thing. Uh, the fans responded to the team and the team responded to the fans. So all around great performance. Yeah, and just to finish off with Dundee, Sean, does it raise sights? I mean, should I mean should they be should they be now thinking top six? No reason why they shouldn't. Uh, absolutely not. No, I mean I think when we looked at Dundee at the start of the season, I think we probably said that they they, they should certainly be competing for yeah, that. Yeah, squad wise, yeah. Um. So yeah, why not? But uh, we've we've touched on the roller coaster nature of Dundee before, so. It, 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 it's just as likely to go downhill as it is to go up, but we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But they, they, Jim's right; they certainly have looked really, really impressive in the last two weeks, and I suppose that's more um, kind of in line with what your expectations might have been pre-season for Dundee as the last two performances. Um, I think probably you, you you might have assumed that the likes of Cummings would would. Would be, be part the team. of that, yeah, yeah. Certainly Griffiths, no, yeah. Um, so yeah, Griffiths as well. Um, but uh, Mullen, Mullen's been terrific. I mean, I've always three, liked three him, Sean. I have games, to say, yeah. maybe I'm biased because I saw him score a world day against St Johnson when he was at St Murn. You know, the sweetest volley you're ever likely to see. But you know, I liked it as a signing, and yeah, he's he's clear. He's got a bit about him, isn't he? He's got the confidence. You know, I think I, I can't remember when he said. The quote's been dug out, hasn't it? Or he basically backed himself to be the, the number one. That was after the, the Motherwell club. game. After the Motherwell game. So there you go. Yeah. I like that. You want that from a number nine, don't you? Absolutely. Well, it was, he was very direct about it. I think he said, I, I, I think of myself as the best striker at the club. And that's it. Uh, <laughs> when I read them, I thought, oof, that's bold. That's going to ruffle some feathers in that dressing room. I, I, I suspect it has. <laughs> but he's kept, his, but he's kept yeah. his place and he's scored another goal. So that'll... that'll Shut anybody up who who thinks he was out of order because he's he's proven it. He's doing it week by week. So yeah, Dundee, absolutely. If you're a Dundee fan, I think you, you you'd be starting to to think about what this team can go and do this season because um, if this is the point at which they they sort of find a bit of consistency and start moving in the right direction, there's there's absolutely nothing to stop them being top six because they've got that they've got a squad of decent players there, and if they play properly. They'll be they'll be absolutely fine. Yeah, right, Jim Saints. Was that the first time you've seen them in the flesh since since when? Since they were no, at Dens the last time, I or since, since, since Tanner? No, Tanneradice. Since Tanneradice. Yes, I, I've seen them at Tanneradice and Dens this season. Um, right. What, what, I, what are you What are you oh, shocked? What are you shocked? I, incredibly disappointing. Um, incredibly disappointing. You know, we, we're saying there. You know, they actually had more possession than Dundee, made more passes than Dundee, but it's the quality of what you do. And I I, I didn't think. Um, I mean, you know. 
I'll tell you what shocked me. Shocked me at the substitution um, in the second half that there was booing. And I presume that the booing was, you know, the booing was made about the substitution. So it was being made at the manager for a double cup winner. And I thought after the game, Callum, uh, you know, Callum's always straight, straight up. Posed, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, uh, he, he was. Not gonna, yeah, you're he, never going to see rage right. in his eyes no, like you will he, he with Tommy Wright or something. He, he was fairly kind of fairly short. I don't mean short with, with the press guys. Like he was just kind of short to the point last night. You sensed, I think, the disappointment and the frustration uh, from him, and he was right to do so. I mean, I think you know they, they didn't get enough purchase up the two flanks for the quality, the quality of cross. I mean, the number of times when they did get in the position to cross, it was a poor cross, low on the deck, straight into the feet of a of a Dundee player. You know, and saying that that's not taking away anything from Dundee players who made themselves available to get in and interject and intercept the. Uh, Crosses, but the quality of the crosses, the quality of much of the passing, um, there was a kind of, there was a pedestrian uh, element, I thought, to, to much of the play. They didn't get enough service to, to Chris Kane, who I like. I like Kane as a player. don't think they got enough service to him. So I thought the midfield lost the battle completely. Um, Vertinen, who went off, I thought did not too badly, you know, um, but um, O'Halloran just never got into the game. The midfield never, ever, I thought, Dominated the way they should. It's one thing having possession, but it's what you do with it. You know, you can have a lot of pos- you can have a lot of possession and make a hundred passes, but none of them actually go anywhere. You know, and and I thought um, Dundee always looked dangerous. Dundee always stretched them, always looked able to go through them or diagonally beyond them. Um, and Saints were just kind of, you know, not a patch on the side that, that kind of, I remember, certainly not a patch on the side that that, that beat Dundee earlier in the season at, at, at Dens Park, um, and. There was just a kind of, they didn't, none of them, I thought, won their personal battle on the night. There was a lack of, you know, I hesitate to say a lack of fight. You know, I, I, I never like to, to kind of ascribe that to a professional football because I never think there's that players go and give less than than all they've got. Um, but sometimes, sometimes you've almost got to give more than what you've got. I know mean, it's a contradiction in terms, but you've got to raise the bar that extra bit. And I just never thought they got into it last night um, nearly sufficiently to to seriously trouble. Um, Dundee. I mean, I think that they'd, they'd uh, was it four shots on target or something like that. You know, um, but uh, sorry, two, two, two shots on target. <laughs> and ah, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm kind of I'm actually struggling to remember it. You know, um, and the Burton so, header is about the only one I can yeah, remember. Really, I mean, it really was. It, it was a poor, poor performance. And I have to say, uh, and it's pointless speculating on it, but what kept going through my mind last night was, you know when did a team last miss two players that, that, that they had, you know, let go in the transfer window so badly as, as Saints are currently doing? You know, just a performance last night, I thought, which was kind of pretty woeful in many respects. Um, that's not to take anything away from Dundee. I'm a great believer in thinking you can only beat what, what is put in front of you. Dundee did that last night, so Dundee deserve absolutely all the plaudits from a St. Johnson point of view. And I thought, you know, um, James McPate last night was... was um, a firm paid-up member of the managers' union. I thought he he was very gracious in giving his backing to Callum Davidson. I mean, what a good manager Callum is, you know. I mean, he, he didn't win two cups and and be a poor manager, but he's going through a really frustrating period at the moment. He's obviously having to think about, you know, what he does with his squad. How he, you know, what, what does he do? Does he change from the kind of system, you know, from the three to the back? Does he change to something else? Has he got the personnel? Is he getting enough out of certain players? I thought last night he certainly wasn't. 
Um, does he need to? Well, you know, personally, I think he, he must be looking at the transfer window, and, and this is this is going to be a, an intriguing issue because I think the chairman is going to have to think um, about dipping into those substantial funds at McDermott Park to strengthen that team because they, they're actually in. Um, you know, look, you don't get relegated at this at this stage in the season, but it's worrying. Uh, I mean, it is yeah. worrying to see where they are at the moment. So uh, there's a lot of questions, uh, and at the moment, no answers at St. John's. It's worrying. Not necessarily where they are for me, Sean. It's it's how they've got there. I think is probably the the, the gist of it. And listen, and when I, I'll after this podcast, I'll get round to to writing my sort of morning after the night before piece. And I have to say, I mean, the the goal just sums up. It, it absolutely crystallizes a lot, apart from the creativity. But I mean, you can break it. it it's it is the it is an anti St Johnston goal. Serenus, serenus. I mean, the only bit you've got the long diagonal with nobody within ten yards of him. You've got Rooney with a with a weak header. You've got O'Halloran with an even weaker sort of attempt at a challenge. You got Murray Davison struggling to get close to 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 block the pass in, and then you got Jamie McCart inexplicably on his heels, allowing Mullen to to turn and, and shoot. Now the only bit out of that. Goal that is possibly you could is possibly tactical is is letting uh, I think it was Fontaine have the have the space to to play the pass maybe you know maybe they're under instructions to to not press in those circumstances but after that it's a shocker isn't it just errors yeah yeah um, not just errors though because sometimes I think errors get you know errors for me you you feel a folk you know tripping up on the ball or a misplaced pass or stuff. That was that's not an that's not an error, you know, and you know what I mean. There's slight differences. That's you know when you don't put a, a hard header on, when you don't challenge for that second ball, when you're backing off your man in the box. They're not errors, are they? Uh, well, we probably end up. We're maybe splitting hairs. But I do I do think that, that what you said about rather than where they are being the concern, it's the manner in which they've got there. I, I agree with that 100%. It's the, it's the trend that anybody who's watched Saints regularly this season will have observed. Um, it's just a, a, a apparent to me more than anything else that, that, that the system that is being played is just not functioning at all. That the way the a the way it was last season. Now you've sort of touched on the departures, Ali McCann and Jason Kern. Of course, they're huge factors in that. Uh, but the the personnel that are there now and that are fit and available, quite clearly to me, that system doesn't suit them at all, because it, 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 St Johnson are just not exerting any control in matches. Um, I mean, we can go back. Quite a few weeks. I don't think it's the system, Sean. I mean, well, this I knew, I knew we'd end up having this discussion. I think, I think there's big, I think there's, it's a risk. I think people are there's, you're not alone. There's a lot of people. I don't know about a lot. Yeah, there probably is a lot of people who are now wanting to to change the formation. I think it would be a huge. I think there's more to lose by doing that than there is to gain. I don't know. I, I think you could, I think you could put those the midfield options that he's got just now. In any system you wanted, and I don't think they would look too convincing at the moment. I and then, but you would also because presumably to make it a different midfield, you're going to have to go to a flat back four, 
and I think the risk of doing that is too great. I think you saw what happened when James McPaik tried a different back formation and it was an absolute unmitigated disaster at McDermott Park. You know, I think you do these you do these things when you've got a lot of time on the training ground. That Saints team is now so well drilled playing a back five, and that is that is what they do. Well, I mean, you, 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 they have been well drilled playing a back five, and obviously they still are because they they haven't conceded a huge amount of goals. I think it's, I mean, it's only like I said, Rangers. I think Hearts are the other one who've, who've conceded less. Only those two. Uh, so clearly, they're they're not conceding goals at a rate. That could be considered alarming, um, but they're not exerting any control in any other area of the game. That's what concerns me. So you can, you can have that defensive solidity if you like, and all right, they've they've worked on that shape for a very long time, and they're they're, they're comfy in it as a back three if you like, but nothing else is working. Nothing. But he's tried. He's tried both. He's he's done the two in the middle. And he's done the three in the middle. Now, if you're if you're sticking with the only other way to try something different in midfield is you can't just pure a numbers game. You have to you would have to try a back four, and so I think I think there's the potential to to make things even worse. I know it does maybe doesn't feel that way just now, but I I I saw them try. We're going back to I saw them do it. He he did it at Livingston away last season. And it yep. was worst, and it, it, and then he just he obviously thought if listen if we're going to find a way out of it we have to find a way out of it with the the system, with the kind of system I trust. Uh, in fairness, they were actually backed by James McPake last night, who said that St Johnson played us. I mean, he, he talked about that how he tried to kind of change the system, and it, and it was a disaster for them. And he did say that St Johnson have the system mastered. They play they play it very well. I mean, it was it was an interesting to kind of battle about. The I think it's the players, Jim. I think it's just yeah. I think it's just players that are a either not good enough. Be getting getting beyond their their peak, and see, you know, like confidence, just not playing well. It is. I don't see it as a as a formation. I I think you could put those those current midfielders in any system you you chose to to go with, and they would they wouldn't be playing well in it. At the minute, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of wonder too. But I mean, I think one one of the guys was saying up in the press area last night. I think is it is, are there six now. Loneys at, at Saints, you yeah, know, right, a couple of guys yeah. at a contract and short term deals in January and all the rest. I think all of these things have an impact on, well, <coughs> on the team. Too many, it's too many. Yeah, they don't when you're going well. When you're going well, and 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 that's. Eric, that's the thing about football. Confidence is a fragile flower. And I think, you know, again, to go back to this, I think that's where McPaik deserves a great deal of credit, how many coaching staff, cup tie and all the rest of it. I mean, they deserve a great deal of credit and respect. That There are times that they, they must have, hit, you know, put, tearing their hair out by the roots. Because, there were, you know, there have been occasions this season, quite a few, where they played a lot of good stuff and got nothing from games or very little from games. Um, suddenly, it's come right. Now, that three-week break seems to have done them the world of good. They've come out a completely re- revamped, re- refreshed, reinvigorated um, side. Uh, Saints, over the last uh, you know, wee while, have, have been the very opposite. You know, the, a midfield that, you know, just um, it looks like tired legs, lack of creativity, Tired ideas, uh, and I mean, in terms of goals, now I hesitate. You know, you're not going to pin this one on the striker because if strikers are not getting the ball, they're not going to put the ball. No, in the net. Find, find a striker in the world. You know, I mean, isn't going to isn't going to put the ball in the net if, if he's not getting kind of uh, ammunition in and around the the box area. But you know, t- t- after 15 games to have scored nine goals 
uh, and uh, con- conceding fine. I mean, defensively, fifteen against is. I mean, that puts them in, in, in absolutely sterling. That puts them in top six company. In fact, Motherwell, who are in, the t- in our, our fifth, have conceded twenty four. Dundee United, uh, sorry, Hibs, who are uh, sixth, have conceded eighteen. You know, so, so in terms of goals against, Saints are actually uh, very good. We're only fifteen against, but I mean, nine goals scored for. I mean, the nearest. Uh, Poorest record to that are Livingston, and Livingston have scored three goals more than them with 12. You know, even Dundee have scored six more than them. St. Martin have scored seven more. You know, Ross County. Ross County have scored Mill, 10 more. Scored 10 more than them, you know. it's uh, Their problem is keeping them out, but they can score, you know. So you've you got to look at that and you think, how how does Callum address this? Where, where, does, he, where does he find the fresh energy, the fresh um, uh, initiative, the fresh kind of, thoughts and a fresh creativity from what he has on in the squad at the minute. Does he have it or are there too many loanies? Are there too many the thing is, Jim, Jim, I've been saying it. I mean, you could, you can go back, you can see my stuff in, in writing and on this podcast. I've been saying it since, I don't know, maybe the Hearts game, maybe even the Celtic game before that. This, They are just going to, they are stumbling to, they're basically trying to get to January with the, without, without letting in too much water. You know, I th- is that is that plain? I don't think, God, I don't think you can do anything radical with formations, even selections, that that can really significantly alter alter the direction of travel before but, but, before uh, January. Uh, and, and under yeah. those circumstances, then, well, so uh, uh, to take your point completely, but at the same time, by doing that, yeah, there is like it's basically a tacit admission that well, look. We're not going to go and win loads of games here because we're, we're just not. No, I don't think the, they will. The I don't think they will. Sean, I, I think I think they might. I think they might eke out. I think they might eke out a win. They might eke out a couple of draws. But it's. I think there's. I think the 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 risk of it. Like I, I think. I think it could get. Basically, it could. It could be worse. It could get worse rather than rather than get better. Would be would be the way well, I, I mean, would they're, say. They're not. I mean, you know, it's not a, not a time of panic. And Callum Davidson's not the type of individual of all panic. I mean, they're not really good. I mean, they're they're in, they're in the bottom. You know, they're the third bottom of the league at the moment. A couple of wins can change this league dramatically, as we know. We can, we can see it from you know from Hibs in sixth spot on eighteen points to Ross County the bottom on eleven. There's a couple of uh, pretty much a couple of games in it. You know, that can shift things quite dramatically. Two two losses, two wins can change this league dramatically. I mean, I, th- I think it's the toughest league in years. I really do. The most competitive. Oh, it is. And in, yeah, in years, it really is. Um, but the, the, the kind of you know, without putting a damper on it, that you you know perfectly well. My, I think everybody knows my view about the January window. It's a horror show. You 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 are at the risk of you know usually getting somebody else's castoffs. You know, you're, you're picking up players, maybe decent players, but who have been who have injury problems, forum problems. Um, you know, just confidence problems, a whole host of things. So quite often you're getting somebody who's taking you three, four, five weeks to get them up to speed, um, you know, in terms of fitness and all the rest of it, by which time more damage is done, um, trying to get guys to fit into a, a new system, maybe no playing before and all the rest of it. It's a very, very difficult window to do, I think, really astute business in. And that's where I think, you know, having Callum Davidson as manager is acutely important now at this stage because not only does he know the game really well, he's a great manager, you know, he's a very, very good manager, also has a great contacts book. Um, and and I think this is where bizarrely, you know, having kind of been 
critical of the fact there's so many loanies at St Johnston. It may well be that further loanies actually yeah, well, get out the hole they're, yeah, they're in at the moment. That, you know, that, that's the tragedy of the situation. Well, I know. Let's. I mean, let's go to Saturday. I mean, listen. I see that there is logic. There is absolutely logic to to trying a different formation. What's what's what would you like to see them do then? What would you like to see Callum do with his team on Saturday? How would you set it up? It's so difficult, right? Because I do I do accept your point that there's a risk involved in doing it, right? And then <laughs> if if you take that risk and you do change to a flat back four, for instance, and and set two midfielders in front of them. Four two three one, say for instance, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So if you if you do that, and then it's a massive game as well. Bryson and Bryson, are we talking Bryson and yeah, Craig? Bryson, Bryson and one other sitting in front of the four, for instance, right. And then with your three and your one, you can you can mix and match. You can you know do what you want with that. We've got options, even though they're not really working very well at the moment. Um, I do think the, the the biggest problem that we've got is that lack of control in midfield and. What what Jason Kerr added to that midfield last season, stepping out of defence on the right side, on the on the right of the three, I think with that the lack of that this season and the lack of Ali McCann obviously is that sort of really dynamic, energetic midfielder who can do pretty much everything. Obviously, that that has been what's what's killed St Johnson's efforts to try and control games this season. It just hasn't been there at all, and. Sticking with the system as it is, I don't see that changing. And and to me, that makes me panic. It's like, oh my god, this is and it's awful to watch as well. It's horrific if you're sat watching it. The, it's it's been home games this season have been just dreadful at times. I think they've they've been some good moments, but I think if you're a fan sitting watching that, and you watch it week after week. There is this sort of rising panic, like, well, hang on, this is a serious situation here, because there is a there's a pattern to it. That lack of control in games is absolutely strangling St Johnson's ability to win points. And well, it's, a, it's a sad indictment that of those midfielders that Craig Bryson will walk back into that team as a thirty five year old having been red carded. You know, there you go. I mean, that's that sums the whole thing. But my my fear is maybe maybe I'm just ultra cautious. My fear, is, I mean. A Wednesday to a Saturday, changing a system, or even even a Saturday to a Saturday, the football the way it is these days, changing a system. That, I mean, I know, I know, I know. Maybe, it, maybe, maybe, maybe it was that bad. Maybe, maybe there is less to get. But if St Johnson can somehow, here's the positive: if St Johnson can somehow win this on Saturday, and at the minute. <laughs> You know, you by no means they've done nothing to justify confidence that they will win this on Saturday. We're Ross County the way they are. If say say they win this, they put six points between them. I then think they're probably in a situation where they won't be bottom, or certainly won't be more than two or three points adrift by the time the January transfer window comes around, which isn't an absolutely disastrous situation. So. It's there's so much riding on this game on Saturday because it, it gives them a bit of breathing space and you know it but they lose it and all of a sudden you could be you could be really chasing a situation with this January coming which of course doesn't come with guarantees so it, it's how do you how do you best get a result out of this game Sean and that's that's where it comes down to for me how do you how do you do it in this short in this short turnaround I mean unless I could be wrong maybe. 
maybe they work on a back. Maybe they have a back. Maybe they do work on a back four just just in case. You I would mean, imagine they've, that they've changed. They've changed with to it within games. You know, if they've been chasing a game or such like. So maybe they could. Maybe they could. Uh, I mean, I'm 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 the sort of a uh, person who would do it. I I I I can't abide watching that anymore because it's it's not just one game it's it's repeatedly and the second half drop-offs are really concerning me as well because they've happened against Hearts it happened against Dundee United Hibs for obvious reasons you're down to 10 men there's a drop-off there there's another drop-off at Dens Park in the second half and if, if all you've got is a, a half of like half decent football in you what's what's happening there the, the, the second half just seems to be something that St Johnson are not coping with now. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. The, the, the worry here, Eric. I mean, you know, I think we're all in agreement. It's it's probably the toughest Premier Premiership for years. The worry here is not only the scrapping against the side Ross County, who you know I, I actually think are a better side than arguably results show and I've got some very decent players young and they've got some decent results Hongbo, <laughs> Charles Cook when, he, when he's on he was on the bench last night and all that but I mean coming up in short order you've got you know Aberdeen Rangers Motherwell Celtic and then Hearts I mean that's an absolutely brutal an absolutely brutal um, card facing St. Johnson. So they really need to kind of get on track as soon uh, as possible. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I'm kind of open-minded. I, I'm a bit old-fashioned sometimes in thinking that good players should be able to adapt to kind of changes in system and even quite quickly. But, you know, many times they can't. We know that, you know. Um, but there is, there is a, you know, the, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting yeah, different results, you know. So... <laughs> I get that as well, but I mean, my I just come, Jim. I just come back to, I just think, I think it's the players that aren't playing well enough, you know. And you know, I just pure and simple. I mean, I'm not saying I don't, you know. We all, we, we could all see the midfielders, you know. Cammy McPherson and Ali Crawford are not playing well, you know. And I don't think that's a systemic thing. But there we go. I don't think I don't think that system suits them. Ali Ali Crawford has, has got his uses on a football pitch. But I, I, I don't think being asked to do what he's been asked to do currently is where he shines. I think to me, he just he looks like a player who would benefit from being in a, a, a like an attacking central midfield role, and not being asked to do much beyond that. And I know that, I mean, that we're talking fantasy football in it to an extent here because you have to work your bollocks off if you're in a if you're in a, a Premiership team in Scotland. You don't you can't be a passenger. It's not what I'm advocating, but I'm 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 just saying that that at the moment Ali Crawford, I don't think he's not playing well, but I think he's not partly not playing well because he's doing stuff that it's not really in his wheelhouse. Yeah, maybe maybe in the I would accept that in the when when they go with when they played like they did last night with the with the sort of the one up and one off, but when he plays as when he plays as the in the the spoonie role, if you like, which he did. In against certainly against uh, Hibs as that sort of you know the the wide left of the three he's he ain't got much he ain't got many defensive responsibilities in, in that role but you know it's and but yeah if they're not getting him into the game he ain't doing much else that's for sure no you know? exactly and, yeah. I mean Cammy McPherson I would I'd like I mean I, he's you know a centre midfielder should be a good centre midfielder in any formation shouldn't he really should be a, you know should be looking for the ball accept it ping it on close that you know, do all do all the things you you would expect you know but there we go right 
It's. Uh, I mean, I think we can all accept it is an enormous, enormous game for them on on Saturday, just for for a, for a variety of reasons. Right, we'll move on to United then, Jim. What did you make of it? I mean, it just it showed up. A, what a good result Dundee had got against. I mean, I've always thought Motherwell were a good team, and and Motherwell Motherwell were much the better team against Dundee United, weren't they? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, for, for starters. Uh, you know, they were beating. It was a smashing goal, wasn't it? They beat them. You know, the the um, the, the walk goal early, early on in the game was a thing of beauty. I'm not sure that Benjamin Segrist could have done anything um, about that at all. You know, just a you know a ball from the edge of the box, first time hit, catches a keeper, hardly any power, and it just absolute kind of. Uh, quality of, and precision of, of, of shot. It was almost a pass in the net, but over high, top corner, keeper was absolutely helpless with it. But, I mean, it, you know, it, it, in terms of um, losing to Motherwell, I have to say, I, I don't think it's anything to be, you know, ashamed of or disgraced about. They're a very good side. They're a strong side. I thought they were off, they, they were off the pace badly at Dens on, on Saturday. But, but Dundee, you know, as a, I'm a great believer in saying, you only beat what you're against and uh, what's put up against you. And Dundee kind of took the game by the scruff of the neck. Uh, now, Motherwell did that last night to, to United. Um, Motherwell were, were well worth their win. You're off to the poorest possible start. Conditions were dreadful in the race, but the same for both sides. But off to the poorest possible start with that 20 watt um, goal. But what, I think what will kind of worry uh, United fans is, you know, a couple of shots on target. Possession was was quite good. Um, lots of passes. We know all the starts he's did. I mean, I saw a start the other day about Celtic, you know, uh, being the, you know, more passes than probably any team in the world by the sound of it. United uh, made more passes last night. Accuracy was good and all the rest of it. But, but you know, th- that's the issue with stats. I like my stats like everybody else, but um, they, they can dress things up. The bottom line is quite simple. You know, that, that Motherwell scored the all-important goal, uh, won the game 1-0 and, and suddenly you know there's a wee kind of uh, a wee spell there, there's one point from, from six games so you, you kind of ask yourself where did it go wrong are they getting enough from, from Niskanen who's had a couple of fine games and a couple of kind of poor games they're playing a, a Perry now um, last night playing him as a kind of the lone striker by the looks of it um, well, not last night. You know, does he have does he have the qualities to to play? I like a Perry again. I've seen him mainly as a wide man. Is he an out and out striker? I'm not sure. Uh, did he get enough from Pollock? Did he get enough from Harks? Hotty in midfield. I'm, I haven't seen enough of Hotty. You know that Eric to 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 be convinced one way or another of him. Um, Glass McMahon went off, so it was just it was an all round bad night. Um, for United uh, and it, it's one that I think they're going to have to take on the chin but the, their problem is and I think they wrote in my career column last week about the three sides that the, these were three potentially perilous uh, fixtures coming up all within the space of kind of Saturday Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday you know um, uh, and, and <clears throat> there could be kind of glory or there could be disaster written on the back of that I mean it's not been disaster for United but it's not been a good uh, it's not been a good week and now uh, it's Rangers on uh, on Saturday now. Oh, they're Celtic, Dundee's Rangers. Uh, sorry, it's a... <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it's Celtic on uh, Sunday. It's a Sunday game, of course. Right? It's Celtic on Sunday. So, you know, you're, you're looking at that and you're thinking to yourself, is there anything to, to be gained from that one? I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I kind of sense that things are just off the boil um, a wee bit United. It's going to be that kind of season, I think, but I just sense they're off the boil a bit. Yeah, sure. I mean, we've touched on it with United before about. I mean, listen, you could you could you could probably say it about any of the. Well, maybe you maybe wouldn't say it about squad depth with Hibs and Hearts potentially, but you know we've always known that United have kind of 
they have they have key men and they have their their the the depth of the squad is being exposed a wee bit, isn't it? You, it's it showed it showed at, at for part, didn't it? You know, I mean, Le- Levitt and Fuchs. There we go. I mean, <laughs> just need to say those two names, don't you? If they're if both of them aren't in the team, mm. yeah, they were the two I was going to say. Yeah, I, I mean that's. Okay, we've talked with St. Johnson about losing key players and what an impact it can have. It's not as not as United and in, in, in a situation like Saints are, but you can certainly see if you take Levitt and Fuchs out the team that it makes a big difference. Um, and yeah, I mean at that point you're looking you're looking down your squad list and seeing what have we got here. And understandably at United, there's there's a lot of talk of about the young players that they've got and the quality that they are and. Uh, they've had their opportunity to step in and kind of show a bit of that. And I think it's early days for a lot of them. Uh, certainly when compared to the levels of like to, likes of Levitt and Fuchs offer, uh, there's, there's you know, a wee bit lacking when you get beyond those two guys. Um, so, yeah, that I mean, that's it's, that's maybe maybe a concern. Um, but then again, I mean, you, you look at the young players, who have been given a chance, and I really liked Adam this... Watson. I thought, I thought yeah, he, he took yeah. his chance. I, I liked. Uh, I don't. I don't want to call him. You know, I don't want to say he's, he's Johnny Russell, but I remember when I watched a young when, when the thing that I most impressed me about Johnny Russell when I first saw him way back when was the way he travelled with the ball at his feet, and I thought, I thought that was that was a characteristic I saw in, in Watson when he came on, and being able to basically come on in those circumstances and say, yeah, I'll have this game. Yeah. Big box uh-huh. ticked for me. Yeah, and the, I mean, the other the other part of it is that the, the more, the, I suppose you would expect players, young players who haven't had a great deal of first-team game time when they're coming in to, to a team to maybe to maybe look a bit out of place and they're entitled to have that wee moment of uncertainty or what have you. But the more that you see them, the more you would expect if they're moving in the right direction, that sort of uncertainty to, to leave them to leave them and them to grow into it a little bit more. So it's still early days for a lot of them. So I mean there, there, there's every chance if there, if there's genuine belief in, in these players at United that they, they have got it, that the more we see them the more comfy they'll look. Uh, that will be the, the the proof will be in the pudding, I suppose, in that respect. Yeah, we've um, seen. I've seen. We've seen a few, Jim. We've seen a few not take their chance. The young ones recently at United, haven't we? You know, I I, I did the United Saints game, and you know, Jammers wasn't very good that day. Got taken off at half time. You could say, and then Declan Glass was taken off before half time this time. But so you. You know, and and the the much hyped Kerr Smith wasn't 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 great against Saints, and he wasn't great at Tynecastle. So, you know, you can't keep saying these chances. Well, you do have to take them when they come, don't no, you? And yeah, Watson I, did that. I, I, listen, Eric, absolutely. I mean, you know, if you're good enough, you're old enough. Is a is a well worn expression, but it's a true it's a true expression as well. And if you've kicked about kind of either you know as as a fan or a journalist watching the game as as long as some of us have, you know, myself included. Um, you've watched some of the greats coming through who have grabbed their chance very early on, you know, um, and you include in that, the, the, you know, the, the Andy Grays, the Christian Dailies, you know, the Billy McKinleys, um, you know, a whole host of them. Players who just, you know, 
just grabbed their chance with, with, with both hands. Duncan Ferguson, very early on, came in and, and, and very quickly, you know, I mean, literally within a matter of games, you look, you thought, oh, there's something special here. And and I think, you know, so every player develops at a different rate. We know that, you know. Um, but I think, you know, you, you, you are in a man's game. Like at Olympic, you're in a man's world. Um, and, you know, w- when you get handed that, that first team shirt, you you know you, you nobody's saying to you right out you pop and you know I'll, I'll be happy with seventy percent of what the rest of these boys are given. You're expected to do the man's job. You're expected to do the job <coughs> that's asked of you, uh, and 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 that puts a lot of pressure on young shoulders. Some young young heads handle it much better than others. Um, but I'm not particularly convinced that, that the age is an excuse. I think you have to grab the chance um, and, and that comes down to application, desire, hunger, drive, all of these things. And and, and I think quite quickly you recognise whether or not a player has all of these things in, in the toolkit. Uh, and if they don't, you know, then to be honest with you, a club like Dundee United will be a hard place to, to make your mark. Now, that's kind of awkward because United's whole philosophy is, as we know, is going to be about producing good young players and selling them on. Um, now, every club is trying to do that. You know, there are very, very few clubs. I mean, other than a Brentford down in England, there's very, very few clubs that, that you know, that, that, that don't run academy systems, youth systems and all the rest of it. Now, you're not running these for the good of your... Well, you are running them for the good of your health, actually. I mean, that's exactly what you're doing. You're, you're running them so you can bring players through, hopefully very quickly, and sell them on um, at a decent pace. That's how clubs like Dundee United run. You can't expect an owner to continually, Mark Ogren to continually put his hand in his pocket and, and subsidise the club. You know, you can do it now and again, but you're looking for the club to be relatively self-sustaining. And that means bringing through young players who are prepared to grab their chance, grab their opportunity, show that they've got what it takes in a man's world and, 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 and you know, make their bones, so to speak. And, and I don't think enough of them are doing that. Sean, where do, where do you stand on the... The Declan Glass substitution three minutes before half time. I, I, I could, there's two there's two firm camps in that one, isn't there? I mean, it's it's proactive, man. It's a very it's a it's a very peculiar time for a substitution to be made so close to uh, to half time. And somebody asked the question. I can't remember who. It was, I think it was, somebody asked me the question, and I, I, I and I kind of thought that's a good point. He said, "Would he have done it? Would he have done it with uh, with a Peter Pollock? Or a Nicky Clark, or one of these players. It's a, and it's. What do you think the answer to that is? That's it's a very very good question. Um, I think my my gut feeling is, and and again, this is only my opinion because I don't have a I don't have a <laughs> pardon pardon my language, but I don't have an intimate relationship with that. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's almost as bad as when I pulled the kick out last night and said to you, "Would you like a finger?" <laughs> Along the same lines, Jim. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't have an intimate relationship with Sam Court, so uh, I don't. I, I don't know for certain, but my gut tells me that if if you were looking at substituting a Nicky Clark, for instance, somebody of that experience, anyway, uh, possibly at halftime, would he do it a couple of minutes beforehand? I don't think so. I don't think he would have done either. I, I don't, don't think, think so. No. Um, which which. Which brings you to the, the the question of fairness, or whether it was right, or what have you. So I suppose, I mean, you could make the argument that if he was going to do it to a Nicky Clark, for instance, then maybe he should just do it to a couple of minutes before, regardless of the rights and wrongs of it. 
Um, if if you see a problem and and in your side something's uh, not right, something's well, bothering you, you think you're at risk in these three minutes before half time, then if you think there's a change you can make that can help you, then why would you okay, wait? Go, go go ahead and do it. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can lose possession as easily in the forty third minute or forty fourth minute, which exactly. leads to a goal as you can in the first minute or the eighty ninth minute. So uh, for me, you know, it, it, it's a tough old sport, and and you know, you you whether you're eighteen, nineteen, twenty, or, or thirty or thirty five, um, there's only one manager. He's got he's got to make the call, uh, and you know, if he's looking and he's not seeing something right, if he's thinking that there's a potential for kind of you know on field disaster. Then, then, he, then he's got to make the call. So you know there can only only be one manager. Would he have done um, it? But would he have done it with a dressing room leader? Would he have well, done that, it that's, that's the, what you don't know. Characters. I mean, it might well be we the dressing room, dressing know. room leader would would have been not um, playing as badly. I mean, you know, people take these big decisions all the time. I mean, uh, James McPake took the decision to leave. James McPake, Paul McMullen, yeah. you know. So um, I think you, a manager has to make the tough decisions, and and Tam Courts has made that. And uh, you know, and the other thing is, we, none of us know exactly the reasons. None of us know what was said with a player afterwards. Was there words with a player? Did he explain it to the player? I presume, you know. These things will have happened, um, but ultimately there can only be one boss. It's as simple as that in football. It's no democracy. Yeah, indeed. Right, Jim. Well, well, you can you can finish us up with your specialist subject, uh, local politics at Tararice. Did you? Uh, did the uh, <laughs> the uh, the Tony Ashgar statement? Did that one? Did that yes, surprise I, I, you I, come out of the blue? I mean, do you think? I mean, I think again. I, I always put this caveat on here, you know, because. We, we judged, I mean, certainly I judge, you, you speak to more United fans than I do, but, you know, I judge these things a lot largely on what I see on, on, on Twitter and the like. And it, it seems to have gone down well, by and large, with United fans. Is it, yeah, look, you know, the, 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 the traditional public relations <clears throat> approach would have been don't draw attention. Don't draw any more attention. There's very few people know about it. Um, oh, lo- so lots by, of folk that hadn't a clue what it was. Yeah, now, so now, by putting now, a statement, now, all you do is draw attention to it. Now you've got two conflicting sides here. The business club have put a statement out as well. Um, I, I think somewhere along the line, there's there's been miscommunication. And I mean, you know, and if I was both parties, I'd try and sit down, and have a cup of coffee, and, and and thrash all this out. I'm sure that both parties want the best for the club. Look, there's some people you can, just you don't can like- me- you can mediate, Jim. Yeah, that'd be right. Yeah, well, I was going yeah. to offer my services the other day, uh, 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 Eric, but. Uh, my, my suspicion is that some of the boys have got it in for Tony Asgard would be quite happy to see me swinging alongside them, you know? So, because <laughs> I've dealt with some of these guys and 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 they are, they, you know, they're not candidates for the diplomatic corps. Um, so, you know, at heart, Eric, I'm just a Dundee scheme boy and I, <laughs> I have certain views on how you deal with people. I, I, I've, I've never been one for kind of running away from things. So, you know, just like we said a minute ago about the manager managing the club, you can only have, you know, one individual in charge. Now, Tony Asgar has the support of Mark Ogren, who owns the club. That's the bottom line. Um, he's running the club as he sees fit. Some people appear to be no, no too happy about this. I think there's been miscommunication here. From what I can see from both statements, there's been miscommunication. He's gone out, he's had a, uh, Tony Asgar has had a pop at various things. He's So, I mean, Folk have said to me, he's thin-skinned. That's fine, you know. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being thin-skinned. You're entitled if you think that your that your reputation is is, is being um, hammered unfairly. You're entitled to defend yourself. And similarly, people are, are also entitled to put their point of view about what they think has happened. I think what's happened here is you've got, you know, two... Um, two opposing uh, camps and I think somewhere along the line communication has has been lost but 
you know, I mean, I, I'm all for getting the, the two parties around the, around the table, trying to thrash it out and say, okay, we've made a mistake here. You've made a mistake there. You know, um, let's kind of try and thrash this out. My suspicion is it'll not happen with some of the characters involved. Ah, Sean, a few few mince pies and some mulled wine sounds like we're at Shea, at Shea Spence. Seems if, if we're allowed to do that just now, I'm not, I'm not keeping up with the, uh, the changes in the, in, in society. But yeah. it's, it's you're still all yeah. right with that. Yeah, still all right with that. That that about still all right you, with that. you can yeah. you can or you can host it, Sean, as well. You, you're, you bring you're, the you're maybe more diplomatic <laughs> than, than Jim. Uh, this this would test this would test the patience of Kofi and Anne. You know, it's um, I, I think it's 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 going to be a difficult one. But look, look as I used to say when I mean, and I'm going to have to mention this again when I did that very short <laughs> it wasn't short enough spell of consultancy for Stephen Thompson. I mean, he never listened to me anywho. So, but um, you know, the the bottom line is, is simple. See, as long as the team are doing well in the park. 95% of people don't give a monkeys. Um, it's when when things start to go awry on the park that people see other issues and other problems. Um, uh, and and that that will very much dictate what, what's going on here. You know, um, I think that you've got two sides. Whether the two sides now stick rigidly to the story, or whether people accept it, there's like okay, there's been a bit of miscommunication here. I could have done that better. You could have done that better. That would be the sensible thing to do. Sit down, get rid of because they're all pool. You know, everybody wants the same thing. They want United to be doing well. And so far this season, it, it, it's been a success story. I hear all this stuff about you know um, Tony's a sporting director and he's making money at the club and he's making it. Well, you know, look at the owner. The owner has put him in charge. The owner is happy with it. It's, this is a private, this is, you know, this is a, I can never get the grips with this. It's a bit like the Celtic boys, you know, that board at Celtic Park. These are private football clubs. Well, I know Celtic is slightly different, but these are private football clubs. You know, you always have the choice, go or don't go. Most people just go to see the football. That's it. You know, they're not interested in the, in the politics of the thing. You know, both parties should get around the table, have a cup of coffee, get the mince pies out, chew the fat and accept there's been mistakes on both sides and start singing from the same hymn sheet again. There we are. And that's a perfect, perfect place to end it. Well, listen, thanks again, guys. A lot to go over and it's going to be a big, big weekend, certainly for, uh, certainly for St. Johnson. And thank you very much for listening again. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.